Hello, Get Booked listeners. Welcome to The Hand Cell, a special weekly installment of Get Booked that's all about books that we just can't resist shouting about. This is Amanda Nelson, and today's Hand Cell is The Loneliest Americans by Jay Caspian Kang. Let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read, and I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer, always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Sourcebooks Landmark. So King Solomon says something very interesting to his son before he dies, and that is, quote, don't let the white man take the house, end quote. These, as I just mentioned, are King Solomon's last words to his son as he dies. Now, all four Solomon siblings must return to North Carolina to save the kingdom, their ancestral home, and 200 acres of land from a development company. Told in alternating viewpoints, Long After We Are Gone by Tara Shelton Harris is a searing portrait of the power of family and letting go of things that no longer serve you, exploring the burden of familial expectations, the detriment of miscommunication, and the lessons and legacies we pass on to our children. It's an explosive and emotional story of four siblings, each fighting their own personal battle, because who isn't, who return home in the wake of their father's death. Make sure to check out Long After We Are Gone by Tara Shelton Harris. And thanks again to Sourcebooks Landmark for sponsoring this episode. I wanted to talk about The Loneliest Americans because it's controversial and I want more people to read it so that I can have more people to talk to you about it. (laughs) So this is a really selfish episode of this show. I guess all of them are because all of them are about books that I want people to read so we can talk about them. But this one is not like I want you to read it because it's great and I agree with everything the author has said and I want us to celebrate it together. This is like It's very thought-provoking, difficult to read at times, and I just want more people to think about these ideas and let me know what they they think, because I think some of the ideas in the book are quite silly and really rooted in the author's own personal bias. Some of them are super valid, in my opinion, and I just, you know, would like to hear from other folks. So The Loneliest Americans is a work of nonfiction. It's partially an autobiography or memoir of Jay Caspian Kang's family coming over from Korea and uh, then, you know, him growing up in the U.S. uh, and his current life where he's married, has a child and lives in, I think, Massachusetts, I think, somewhere in the Northeast. So it is partially that, you know, memoir and autobiography and then partially a series of essays about the Asian American experience. And what he's saying by the in the title, The Loneliest Americans, is that there is no real Asian American experience, quote unquote, like that is not a thing. The idea here is that, you know, immigrants from South Korea have very little to nothing in common from with, you know, immigrants 
nurses from the Philippines or people with a lot of money immigrating from Japan or, you know, like the, the, the disparate or people, you know, from Cambodia who are refugees or who are fleeing uh, oppression. There are so many disparate cultures in Asia and different experiences and different economic statuses and different kind of political regimes or not regimes, but like just regular democracies that people are leaving when they come to the U.S. that trying to lump them all together into one voting block is naive. And that is a point that I agree with. You know, I, I remember when was it last year that horrible shooting in Atlanta of the Asian women in the massage parlor like that. I, I got a lot of messages from very well-meaning white friends who were like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And I had this moment of, you know, I appreciate you reaching out, but I am a second generation. You know, my grandmother came here from the Philippines. I have almost nothing in common with East Asian immigrants who are new to this country, who don't really speak English, who are working in an oppressed, you know, horrifying working conditions. Like that's not, I just don't, I don't really, that's not a shared experience. We don't have a shared experience just because, you know, we have people, ancestors, or just them. Like, my ancestors came from the same continent. You know, like, that that doesn't mean much. So that, I think, is a valid point. He carries it further. Like, he, he gets a little snarky. He makes fun a little bit of, like, progressive white people and how they like to speak for Asians and then kind of lump us all together um, so that so that they can more easily speak for us. I I think there's some some validity in that point, uh, but he's real mad about it. He also likes to juxtapose the Asian quote unquote Asian American struggle with that of black Americans and how the two, you know, what the two have in common and don't have in common. So that was all quite interesting. It's just, it's a it's a historical perspective that I had not read. It is not without opportunity for criticism. For example, since it's its own per, his own personal experience, he almost talks exclusively about Korean Americans. He does not really go into the lived experience of other folks, which I think you should do if you're trying to make an argument about the lived experiences of all folks from one particular continent. But he doesn't. Um, but, you know, you only have so many pages. So anyway, it is... A fascinating argument. And ultimately, his thesis is that for us to be an effective voting bloc, what we need to do is vote with, you know, for the best interests of the least of us, which is ultimately not that uncommon of a progressive argument, right? Like voting to protect the most marginalized of any group is kind of a hallmark of progressive politics. But he he has a lot of ire for modern progressives, which some some of which I share, you know, like no, no group is perfect. But some of the criticisms are kind of kind of silly, like I said at the beginning, and obviously rooted in his own personal annoyances <laughs> um, and what he finds annoying as like an elder millennial. Um, so there's a little bit of that. It's just really interesting, I think. And he's a pretty well-known thinker. He's been writing about race for a long time. So I think there's a lot here to chew on, especially if you are <laughs> from that group he claims does not exist if you are Asian or of Asian descent, I think that you will find a lot here to consider. Um, if you're a white progressive, I definitely think you should pick it up and check it out. I think there's something here for everyone, even if ultimately there are flaws to the argument. But, you know, that's true of most works of nonfiction. So that is The Loneliest Americans by J. Caspian Kang. And that's it. Thank you so much to our audio editor, Jen Zink, especially for having to delete a portion of this episode where I had to fact check myself in real time. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thank all of you so much for listening. You can find more book recommendations at bookriot.com and more podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. 
If you have feedback, you can email that to us at getbookedatbookriot.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to your shows. And you can find us online. I'm on Instagram at I'm Amanda Nelson. My co-host Jen is on Twitter at Jen IRL. And on Instagram at I am Jen IRL, Jen with two N's. We will be back on Thursday. <laughs>